episode 431 of the Drunk Dash Nerds podcast. I am your host for this week, the man, the myth, the legend, Sir Colonel Gables. Let me tell you something, Tyler. I am fucking beat. And not just like in a good way either, man. It's like I feel exhausted from the work week. It's been one of those weeks and stuff where it's like you had so many people with their garage sales doing this and that, you know, and it's like you have so many people you got to help in an individual time. But at the same time, it's like, it progressively got better, obviously. And honestly, I'm just so glad just to be off of work. Because, you know, just being kind of stressed in that regard, you know, it's just like, it is what it is. But uh, that's not the best part of this week. No, the best part of this past week was a surprise that happened this morning. And that actually came from the IRS. Now... That's that's from that's never something I've, I thought I'd ever hear in my life. A good surprise from the IRS. Okay. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I've been hearing about over the past month that potentially when people got their unemployment stuff from being out from like COVID and stuff like that, that uh, the whole unemployment stuff was not supposed to be taxed. Well, when yeah. I did my tax filing and stuff, those things were taxed. And I yeah. got a good boost. I got money in my freaking bank account i got like an initial 1200 dollars like this week i'm like what nice. <laughs> yeah yeah so like that's what my parents did because uh my dad gets laid off in the winter time because he, he drives like construction trucks and um that like i think there was like uh up to ten thousand dollars they didn't tax you on so my dad they my parents filed in like january and that law didn't come into place until like i think it was like march so i waited until or it was like maybe february or something like that i waited until after it went through and so I got, I just, so I, I wasn't taxed for my unemployment I had, um, or the 10,000 or whatever it was. Um, so when I did it, I already got all that money then, but my parents, that's what my dad said. It took a couple months, but, uh, he ended up getting a, a check for a good chunk of money. So Damn. that's awesome, buddy. Well, yeah, it's like always a bit of, always a bit of fun just to wake up, check your bank account. It's like, Whoa, Hey, some a little bit extra. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that, but anyways, what you are hearing, listeners, my co-host, the resident ginger, Tyler Courtney. <laughs> How's it going, hey, man? Hey, buddy. I'm doing all right. <laughs> this is, it's funny being on this side of it now where you, you hit me up the other day. It's like, hey, man, can we do something a little different? And I host. I'm like, go right ahead, buddy. That's cool with me. It's kind of fun <laughs> being on this side of the, the side of the fence, you know? Uh, I feel like uh, uh, was it Tim Allen's neighbor in uh, Home Improvement. Hi, Dilly. Oh, there, neighbors. Wait, no, that's Simpsons. That's Simpsons. Wrong guy. Wrong guy. <laughs> Wrong neighbor from, from the nineties. Home improvement to the Simpsons. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cross contamination. Oh, something happened left field. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I went from went from uh, was it Mr. Wilson to uh, Ned Flanders there. What the fuck? Uh, I'm doing okay. It's you know Saturday night. I'm I'm hooked now. It started as a joke. I'm drinking out of my Last of Us Part Two cup here, by the way. Um, it started as a joke of me drinking these uh, Gatorade vodka. I have Tito's uh, vodka in here. Mm. It started as a joke last week of doing it. Cause it's a, like I mentioned, if you didn't listen last, it's a talking ship joke. Uh, it's called a, uh, um, I just totally spaced. What is it? Um, the dinky, dinky doodle. Yeah. Di- well, yeah, the dinky doodle is what it's called. This is, it's make, we used to make fun of somebody for drinking these all the time. Gatorade and vodka. 
and I did it as a joke last week. And you know what? It's kind of good. You know, I drink. <laughs> I I got a pretty good uh, buzz on last week from it, but I also got all my electrolytes. So it's like you're kind of like you know you always like when they say when you get drunk you don't want to get that hangover. You always want to have some drink a bunch of water and shit like yeah. that. Um, but you know, I mean, you're doing both. You're getting drunk and you're 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 make sure you are keeping the electrolytes and your body hydrated. So I gotta oh, say yeah. it's a win win. <laughs> so when does the Tito's kick in and the Gatorade uh, kind of fall out? I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. But I, yeah, I'm doing fine. It's you know, Saturday night. Gables, we are a week away from E3. Oh boy. Um, howdy, man. It just feels so fucking exciting, man. I cannot wait. I got the week off. I got things that I can go through and just scope upon bitch. reading, like reading a bunch of rumors, watching a bunch of YouTube videos. That's been one of my main things from this past week was, in preparation for our prediction show, which will be actually recorded right after we finish our main show right here. But for you, mm-hmm. the listeners, it will definitely be sooner than that. With that being said, with that being said, if you guys want to go ahead and listen to us, we are on a multiple different bunch of platforms, obviously. Let me go forth and get this thing up because you know how I am with my memorization. Anyway, <laughs> So, for our platforms, uh, come on, Google Doc. It always does a little bit different than when I go through. Yeah, I, yeah. You never on the on the. Are you using the app? I'm actually using the Google Doc app because I'm actually yeah. Logged it's into that. yeah. Me too. I use it on my phone a lot. Like when I come up with like things to talk about on the show, and it's definitely hit or miss how quickly it wants to work. I do. Um, I don't have them all posted in the Google Doc yet, but I do have a run through of some of the stuff we're on. Um, hmm. right now, if you want me to run through them real fast, you want to go ahead and run through. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, so we are on, uh, well, we're not on a podcast yet. I'm still going back and forth with, uh, Apple support. Gables heard me fucking bitch and moan about mm. that for about 20 minutes before the podcast. Right now we're on breaker, uh, cast box, Google podcast, overcast, uh, radio public Spotify. Uh, we are on anchor as our, that's our uh, sponsor for this, for this show. Uh, so get, check them out. Uh, but, we're on there. We're on Ghana is, is a thing. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're on basically anything except for Apple Podcasts right now. That's the one big one. It, it, it's, it's pain to ask. It takes them a week to get back to you, and they don't give you the answer you want. So then I got to respond back to them the next day, and then I got to wait another fucking week. And like I literally sent them a thing on Friday, and it took them till Thursday to get back to me. And then I responded to them on Friday. So now I'm probably going to get hear back from them on thursday wednesday or thursday so that's right <laughs> hopefully well, by next e3 i'll have it ready to go well hell man i mean those are the breaks i mean the technical little the technical little snags or something like that just always so freaking annoying when it comes up to it but uh yeah want to say special hello to our listeners on ghana that like tyler was just mentioning and stuff we just added ourselves our podcast our show to the ghana service hello <laughs> everyone in india Thank you for listening. Please, if you like what you're going through, just send up a like, star us, whatever. But <laughs> we're not laughing else. at India or Ghana. It's no. just I showed him our breakdown of where our listens come from, and it is insane how many listeners we have in India. That's all I'm gonna say. Hell, it we appreciate insane. We appreciate. No, we everybody. do. I'm not making fun. I'm just saying it's just it's but so what? fun. It's so fun just to look at. Like how or like where at people are, where they're listening to us from, how many plays we get per episode and this and that. It's just fun all the way around. I love the little logistics yeah. of those things. Yeah. But 
to move on. I know I just had a little pause. But to move on and stuff, let us get in to what we have been playing for this week. And I'll tell you what, Tyler, it's pretty much the same as last week. Same here. One game, Mass Effect 2. So for Mass Effect 2, what to continue on from last week, I was fairly early. I was like around 7 to maybe 10 hours into the game. Only did a couple of missions. Let me tell you something. I did a hell of a lot in Mass Effect 2. I was playing it, I kid you not, for like a week or two straight. My final time of me going through and beating Mass Effect 2 was around 41 hours and some odd minutes. I did all of the loyalty missions went through all of the side missions, and I'm happy to report I got the Platinum Trophy for Mass Effect 2. Nice, nice. Platinum number six for this year. That, honestly, is amazing in and of itself, and I'm glad because, believe it or not, this marks my 30th Platinum Trophy, so it's a marquee thing. Man, every bit of this game feels much more emphasized than when I did play through the game twice. Once on the Xbox 360, the other on the PS3. It just tells you just how great of experience Mass Effect 2 is. Not just because of the gameplay, and let me tell you, man, the squad-based gameplay and stuff, definitely a better improvement upon the original. I actually found so many fun little quirks in each and every character that I had a chance to experiment with in my crew. Like, for example, uh, given... An example from last week when I was combining Miranda and Jacob's little biotic attacks and stuff like Jacob using pole and then Miranda using warp and just a big old explosion. Or like when I was using things like, say, for, uh, no, even like Jack and also like Jacob and stuff. You know, just like finding out the combinations of each squad member on top of experimenting and abusing like their hidden status abilities in that regards when you finally earn their loyalty through different missions. Yeah, that was fun, especially when you you just try out like ones in the random missions. Like for example, Grunt's fortify ability. Oh, man, God bless. He's like a freaking tank, just charging in, just going through with a shotgun and stuff. How I did my character builds? I just went with three of the four stats, like categories and stuff, just max them out. I hit cap. I actually hit the level cap after Me too. thirty. It. I'll just say this beforehand and stuff. It's much more easier to hit the cap in Mass Effect 2 than it was in Mass Effect 1. I mean, oh, yeah. I had like two, three levels or something to cap. Tyler, I believe you had like at least a couple. I was at twenty. I was at 28, close to 29, right. but I had to, I'd done every mission in the game besides collect all of like the dog tag type shit. But to piggyback off of what you said last week in regards to some of the content from Mass Effect 2, the Shadow Broker DLC... That whole experience, man, it's even better than what I remembered for that. All the intricacies about what uh, the information stuff, the whole Asari Spectre and this and that. And yes, listeners, I am going to be going into spoilers in regards to Mass Effect 2. I mean, it's been out since 2009, so it's like, eh. But those that are listening in, feel free to skip ahead if you don't want things spoiled. Mm. But yeah, the Shadow Broker DLC, all the story elements in that regards, I thought it was kind of funny. Because I chose the relationship option with Liara in Mass Effect 1 in that playthrough, and I did that for... I actually did not choose a romantic a romantic thing in Mass Effect 2. I forgot to talk with Miranda in that regards before setting off the mission. I'll tell you what was hilarious, though. I tried doing that after like, the end game, because it has to continue on. Fun fact, 
after I did that conversation and stuff like that, it played the cutscene up before you go to the suicide mission. Yeah. And it was so yeah. weird because it was after we completed the darn thing. And what's even more weird, I came across a glitch. And I'll tell you what the glitch, man. Once I chose it, my screen just went black. And it would hmm. not reappear. And I had to turn off the game. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> but another quirk that ended up happening was in the final battle against that giant humanoid, like, uh, Reaper and stuff like that. There yeah. was at one point, I see Jack, who's with... I basically had Miranda and Jack with me in that final battle. I see Jack glitched coming up, like, uh, on the platform, like, in front of me, where we're not supposed to go up, right? And she's, like, about f- five feet in the air, right? Just shooting <laughs> just shooting at, like, a bunch of the collectors inside of a swarm or something by, like, a different platform. That lasted all for about a good solid, like, five to ten seconds until, until like, the next phase of the boss battle began and stuff. That final boss is still a fucking pushover. I mean... Yeah, um, it's a very... It's a really bad final boss. Yeah. I beat it in, like, two minutes. Yeah. It, it was really disappointing. It was... Wor- I remember it being bad. I remember it not being good. But I didn't... I, don't, I didn't remember it being this bad. That's... Here's the thing. The most challenging part about that is it is uh, going through and enduring the onslaught of the collectors leading up to that yeah. that was more difficult is, than the final boss itself yeah i mean which is something you've done ten thousand times already i'll tell you what so. when we played and we went through the entirety of mass effect one and faced off against Saren, like the the indoctrinized Saren and stuff after mm-hmm. you kill him and stuff like that that was much more of a challenge even though he was a bit of an asshole because he would freeze you in place in that regard mm-hmm. and like just do this and that for the final battle for mass effect two i mean yeah you have a humanoid reaper you have this and that and stuff and you have chances to destroy the uh projectile from his mouth because he'll power up and do this but other than that though you're just waiting for him to climb back up and stuff in order you know and try to attack yeah. and this and that but the the thing that the battles I enjoyed most throughout this playthrough were more or less the in the loyalty missions. The most interesting, like loyalty missions, I that I loved. I loved Grunt's loyalty mission because not only do you go through this whole rite of passage and you have to fight through these hordes of uh, like enemies after enemies and stuff, but uh, I think it was like these insect-like monsters, like clinics or something, or clinics, yeah, whatever the hell. The clinic, yeah. It was a weird name. I could yeah. not. Only time you ever that. see him is in that mission. Actually, the only time you'd see that besides that mission is like in random, like random worlds that you go through and explore just oh, off the cuff. Okay. Because the second thing that I did, I actually explored every system, every me too, every planet, yeah. every system. I did not mine all the planets because I did not need to at no. that point since no. my resources for most of them were like over like four hundred thousand. Yeah, like, I looked. I looked yeah. up the max amount you need for each. And I was already like two thirds of the way done with like all the upgrades, which you need the resources for, yep. for mining planets to do the upgrades. And I, like I said, I'm two thirds of the way through the upgrades and I look at how much I have. I have like 400,000 plus for everything. So I just Google, I'm like, how much do I need of each to get everything? And it, you needed like 300,000 of each thing. And I'm like, all right, all right. I'm, I'm almost done upgrading and I already have way more than I'll need for the entire game. So I just stopped yeah. at that point. At that point, you know, it almost got as uh, repetitive as traveling around the Mako, inside the Mako and stuff, and traveling mm-hmm. on planets itself. It almost got to that point with me. The only thing that was really engaging is that 
is that uh, particular surprise element of, oh, I can actually land on this, and maybe I'll get into like a uh, extra mission or something like that accomplished out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, loyalty missions with Grunt, you know, the whole Thresher Maw stuff, that was funny. That was funny for me because I just literally just destroyed this Thresher Maw since I was so, so leveled up by that point. Yeah. But... I, I had the I had the heavy weapon that is a nuclear bomb. One oh, the shot cane. Kill. Yes, I yeah, tried that, was that. One shot kill. The first time I tried that, I was too close, and I was yeah. just fucking incinerated. Yeah, it, yeah, it will. Yeah, even if like you shoot it from pretty far away, it could still damage you pretty good. But yeah, if you're pretty, if you're like, if you're not shooting from like across the fucking map, mm-hmm. it will kill you. Oh no, shit. You have to be so far away in order for that. But I yeah, used you're it You're like literally shooting a nuclear times. bomb. Yes. I've used it like maybe three times. Once and got killed. The other two times, there was narrow corridors in a section. I was far oh, enough God. away and I took out most except for like one soldier. One soldier that just miraculously was hiding at just the right spot. But my favorite heavy weapon was actually the collector particle beam. That, uh, that one, was good too. That one was a fun one because you could literally just waste away shield and armor and health like yeah. it was just nothing. That was my main heavy weapon of choice when I played against the final boss, and also in regards to like the scions and stuff like that. The whole I use that against things. the uh, cause, like Kasumi's uh, loyalty mission. Mm-hmm. We had to fight the ship. Yeah, like the, the like anytime you had to use oh, a God. fight a ship, like that thing just fucking killed it in seconds. But yeah. Those loyalty missions, I really, I actually really like the loyalty missions in regards to Thane and for Garrus. I mean, Jesus Christ, for Garrus, man, that was like, that was sad to a degree because it's like, here he is, here he is trying to clean out a whole bunch of things in Omega and stuff, like a lawless, like thing and stuff, and most of his squads killed off and like this and that, you know. And it's, yeah, it's bittersweet, but because of those bittersweet moments when I went through my final initial thing for the impossible mission. And once we went into that whole collector base, I made sure that for the rec- for like the secondary team and also the decoy team that he was captain of both of them. <laughs> nice. But yeah. What exactly like uh, did you enjoy most about your playthrough of mass effect two? Um, I mean, really, I mean, it's it's like that corny joke is like such and such. The 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 real fun is the is the friends you made along the way. Mm. Like you always hear that hear that about stuff like the corny joke. But in this game, it's very much true. Like we're like it is the it's the friends you made along the way of the journey. That's the fun of this game. It's like the some of the main missions of this game, like you do, are not the. I mean, they're not bad, but they're like it's kind of like in Mass Effect One, even to a certain extent, where like. Some of the side missions in Mass Effect One, even though like maybe the the mission itself wasn't the most fun, yes, the interactions with the characters and, and the your characters in your party or the characters in the game uh, were some of the best parts. And I feel that same way with this one, where like the main missions were probably the weakest point. It's kind of like uh, the more I played this game, the more I thought of Breath of the Wild. Oh, honestly, really? where Why it's like, that? well, so it's like you can do the suicide mission, the last mission at any point in time. Yes, obviously, but like if you do that. People will die. Mm-hmm. Multiple people, even Commander Shepard, can die in this game. If like, so at, like any point you can literally finish the game. Okay. Um, the more and it's like the more about you do the. It's like everything else is like doing the, not the, what's the shrines, doing the loyalty quests, do like uh, you know mining for materials, upgrading stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's literally it really is like like Breath of the Wild, but 
you know, seven, eight years before Breath of the Wild. I mean, obviously, two totally different types of games. Right. But, like, the style and the way it flows is, like, at any point, I, I can just go beat this game whenever I want. Well, but you know, like... you bring up a good point, but that kind of, like, aspect, that type of variety kind of reminds me of another game that uh, I have played through and I remember quite fondly, and that's Chrono Trigger. Because you could do oh. somewhat of the same thing, you know, and you can instantly travel to the final boss battle, like, in 1999, the uh, like Lavos and stuff, and try to beat him. At any point during the game, you can. But the best chance you'll actually go through and do is you complete all the main quests and side quest stuff. Hmm. But... Another question about Mass Effect 2 for you. What were the squad members you loved using the most? Um, for the most part, I I was using I'm only using Garrus because he's my okay. he's my dad he's my baby daddy. Always will be. <laughs> um, I love him so much. Um, I always brought him with me, even though sometimes some missions he wasn't the best. He's just I just like having Garrus around. Um, you know, just sometimes you just, you know just need some you need to be the little spoon, and he's always the big spoon. Um, so he's my favorite, and then you it always kind of bounced around from there. Um. Like sometimes I just kind of jump around. Like I, I think Jack overall was like because I always wanted to have that person. I always wanted to have someone that had some abilities. Like so, Garrus had some uh, tech abilities, but all aren't biotic. Bi- whatever he had some abilities, but then I always wanted to have someone that had like tech or biotic abilities. So I usually would jump around between like Tally, who I end up romancing was Tally. Honestly, I pretty much fucked everybody. I fucked Jack. I fucked Kelly. I fucked Liara. I fucked fucking Tally. So I was a I was a mad da- mad daddy pimp in that game. Um, I was gonna I was gonna do Miranda, and then I was like at the last minute, Tally started coming on to me. And I'm like I didn't even know I I didn't I probably knew back then, but I didn't remember she was an option. And she's like in a suit, like she can't come out of the suit because she'll die, right? Because her body like her their immune system like their species immune system is so weak that um they can die from like leaving their suit. Um, so I'm like oh man maybe I'll actually see your face. Um, you don't, you don't, you don't get to see your face. Um, they, like when they have the the sex scene, I'm using quotations for people that can't uh-huh. tell in the audio version. Um, it's literally like you just take the mask, you take the front part of the mask off, but the camera is showing the back of her head, and then oh. you just fall back on the bed and it cuts away. So <laughs> there's nothing there. Uh, <laughs> but like, um, yeah. So yeah, like usually Tally or Jack was my two favorites. Miranda was pretty good too because she's kind of balanced between biotic and using just basic weapons. Um, yeah, I mean, I think overall though, like coming out of it, I thought, uh, even though I think Jacob was probably the character I used the least, he was probably what my favorite, I, I came out coming out of it. He was probably one of my favorites as well, uh, of the loyalty missions. His, his was my favorite. Kasumi's is probably my, actually my ultimate favorite. And which is crazy. Cause she's a fucking, uh, DLC character that was added like a year after the game came out. So, oh, and she yeah. was the first one I did. I, she's the first character I added to my party. She's the first loyalty mission I did. Um, cause I remember enjoying it, but I was like, oh man, like it's basically just a heist mission. And it I was is. like, man, this it's so different from everything else in the game. Right. Uh, cause I mean, for the most part, it's like all about like, you know, they have, un- it's all about these guys have unfinished business, you know? And it's like, a lot of them are like, I got to protect, I got, oh, I got to figure out what happened to my dad or like, or my, I thought my dad was dead and I got this message from him or, oh, something bad is about to happen to my sister. I need to go fucking do this. And like, some of them were pretty good. I thought like, um, Samara's was good too. I, I really overall, I'm not thinking about it. Like there wasn't really like Zaid's is probably my least favorite just because like you don't act, like if you do the, the the Paragon thing, you don't actually like because you're pretty much going through and like there are some where like you complete the mission and you don't get the loyalty. Um, and like they don't like wh- part of the like you want to have everybody's loyalty because if you don't have the loyalty going to the suicide mission, that raises the chances of them dying in that mission. Right. So you go do the un- you basically do like the loyalty mission is like unfinished business. And it's like you do this for them and like you have their, they have your backs no matter what kind of thing. And some of these missions, like, um, you can actually fuck them up or you do the wrong thing or whatever. 
and they don't follow you. Like Garrus, you can make the decision um, and his whether or not to like to let this person go or kill this person or like Zaid's like you can let this person go or kill this person. Um, you know, it's like if you do the wrong thing or if you do, you pick the thing that pisses them off, but you don't have enough points, uh, like your Paragon or Renegade level, you can like earn it back or like, you know, it's or like two of your characters get into a fight. And if you don't have like, you're not at a certain level, um, you know, like you, you could lose loyalty. You have to pick a side or if you your your low, your level's high enough, you can you can just like get in the middle and not lose anybody's. Right. Which is, you know, that's where I like to stay. You know, I'm like I'm like it's like Brooklyn Nine Nine, like Boyle. He's always in the middle. That's where I like to be. Always in the middle. Um, usually I'm in the I really like to be in the middle of Jack and Tally. But I mean, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, and really honestly, Garrus. If I can just have a clone Garrus, and just have two Garruses to be the you know, be in the middle. Oh boy. You know, I, there's a body pill, a Garrus body pillow you can buy in the Mass Effect store. Oh my um, god! And it was on sale for twenty five dollars the other day, and it was in my cart. I had everything ready to go, and then it was ten dollars shipping. I'm like, "Fuck you! I'm not paying ten dollars shipping." That was where I stopped because otherwise, I was I would have a Garrus body pillow right now. For that. <laughs> He's standing right, right behind you. I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" Gables, he would be uh... as stiff as a fucking board in a week. <laughs> and I'm not gonna explain why. You should just you just know. You just know. Um Yeah. Oh. But no, it's a great game. It's I mean I, I definitely felt some fatigue at the end, but it was more so just cause like I kinda talked about it a little bit this last week. I took like a like a break, like a week away, and I was kinda like playing it like, you know, because I, I mean the first like eight days, nine days it was out, Mass Effect collection, I was putting like I would literally get off work and play until I went to bed. And then my days off I would basically play for six, eight hours a day. So I kinda took like a week off to like I need to stop this um and you know my plan i, I beat it i kind of like the last i had like i was like 25 hours in when i did that it took me like 34 to do everything did all wow. the dlc did all most of the missions um like i beat the game everybody survived um so i, I was like i mean i put a, i put like 60 hours in, into this fucking game and like, i mentioned i think it was last week or two weeks ago where my plan was to take a break after i beat two especially because uh final fantasy 7 dlc is out on yep. thursday and then we got ratchet and clank on friday so it's like yep I, I'm not. I don't want to rush three, and it was. I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, because like some stuffs come back to me, but it's like, I still, I remember the first hour and the last hour, and maybe an hour in between, of Mass Effect three. Like it is like so crazy. Like, I was thinking like, you always hear that question of like, if you could do that Men in Black like blinky thing where like the, the flash of light and you erase your memory, and it's like if you can erase your memory of any game, what would it be? And you could play it again for the first time, and it's like a lot of people. A lot of people answers is the Mass Effect trilogy, and for me that'd be the same thing. But it's like. For, in a way, it's like my brain has already done the, the blinky thing for Mass Effect Three. It's like where it's like you forgot everything but the beginning, the, the first hour and the last. So, that's so like, as a game, true. I'm gonna I'm gonna want to I want to take my time with. I want to make I don't want to rush it because I rushed. I, I think that's part of the reason why is I beat the game in like a week um, when it first came out because I was so worried about spoilers for Mass Effect for the game for the end that I just flew through it and didn't do barely any side quests and do it. I didn't really enjoy it. Just flew through it. So um, I want to, you know, after you know, we got a couple big games coming up this week, yes. and then after that, it's like there's not a whole lot. You know, like we got Mario Golf, but that's not gonna be a game. It's gonna take it. That's not a huge time to sink for me. Um, so I, you know, maybe in a month I'm gonna take a break off, and maybe in like a, a three weeks in a month or so I'll, I'll jump back into it if there's barring anything for me. Three um, does not nothing crazy, but yeah, Mass Effect Two still one of my five top five favorite games of all time. Oh, most definitely. And- the thing I learned most from replaying Mass Effect 2 is I, I understand fully why I felt so strongly when it came to that game 
being one of my top like games of that generation. Yeah, it was my game of the generation for that generation. So, mm. but in closing and stuff like that, one final thing I'll say about in terms of Mass Effect Two. I mean, I loved, loved a, like most of what I did go through. Some little inklings here and there, some glitches, some little like repetitive stuff here and there with the mining and stuff. I loved having characters like Miranda on my squad. I mean, I I liked it because she had the warp ability, go through different barriers. I had more than a lot honestly at some points because the incinerate oh, yeah. the incinerate ability in regards because i was still early game trying to get like enemy armors all burnt out and this and that but the thing i enjoyed most was no one died i got all the loyalty missions like done all the loyalty of everyone that was important because for the first for my last playthrough of mass effect 2 i did not get all the loyalty missions done like oh, Saeed's, wow. okay. I think, was the one that I did not get yeah. on the last playthrough of Mass Effect 2. So I finally got his because I got the Paragon option because I actually had enough Paragon during that time to do that. No one died during the final mission. I chose pretty much, let's see, for first thing, uh, for leader, for the recon team and stuff is Garrus. Then I went with the decoy kind of thing with Garrus and stuff. Tally was the tech expert. I mean, she was one of the best for the, like, uh, going through evacuating the crew back to the Normandy and stuff. That was Morden. I did Morden for that one. Yeah, yeah. Morden is definitely the best choice for that option in that regards. Because I'll fair any other type, like Morden or maybe even Tally in that regards. But any other type of things, a lot of those guys are going to die. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I took, that's why I took, uh, cause when you do like with the end, when you like, you pick two to go with you and you have the rest stay back for defense. And it's like, okay, I remember like you always want to take two weaker characters with you to the final boss. Cause a, it's super easy. And B, those characters are more likely to die, uh, in the, like defending you while you're doing the final boss. So I took, right. Um, Kasumi and I took, uh, a tally with me. Okay. So, which I mean, the the last fight is you know, fucking brain dead easy anyway. So it's like I didn't really. Yes. I could I could have brought a fucking ham sandwich, and my dog, and I would that would have done just fine. <laughs> but the the biggest fear of what I had was just Louis jumping up the side. He'd be like, oh look at that over there, and he's just gone. I'm like, ah oh, fuck. <laughs> but as for Mass Effect Three, I'm undecided whether if I want to start the game at this moment. I've already have spent over fifty hours in regards to playing Mass Effect. Actually. 41 hours of Mass Effect 2, 31. So it's over 70 hours. I yeah, the Mass I think I'm, I was easily. about 60 between the two. And yeah, you're about 70. That makes sense. So but, my, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, so sorry to bounce off of Mass Effect. Are you planning on getting Ratchet on Friday? I'm thinking about it at this point okay. in time. I'm thinking about it. But it all depends upon what I want to do. Because I'm not really for sure what I want to play next. I'm all basically right. go upon like how I feel. You know, okay. it's just going to be yeah. a random thing where it's going to pop in. Oh, you know what? I feel like playing this. Gotcha. But to move I've already on. Got my, I already got my proper preloaded. I'm fucking primed and ready to go. Sorry, awesome. go on. Oh, yeah, man. No problem. But to move on and stuff, let's get into some gaming news. And it's going to be some interesting ones. And it's predominantly PlayStation for this week. Because there were some bangers that did get, like, go through and uh, when a lot of news and regulation stuff came out. Especially for God of War Ragnarok. Because, mm-hmm. unfortunately, God of War Ragnarok is getting delayed until 2022, and it's confirmed to be cross-gen. So it's going to be released on the PS4 and the PS5 simultaneously. Personally, 
I understand. They want to delay the game to make sure to get all the quirks and all the glitches and all the things to try to make it the best possible quality. It's kind of interesting that they would go through with the PS4 version, but it is completely yeah. understandable considering the user base is incredibly larger than the PS5 at current. Yeah. So what would um, you... I, it's just so weird to me. like, Because I, I, we don't know what the timeline is for this, uh, for, for God of War when it's coming out. Mm-hmm. But it's something... I mentioned this on the podcast after they revealed God of War Ragnarok and said 2021. I'm like, that's not happening. So yeah. like... But there's always that like little bit in my head where I'm like, okay, like, I know it's not going to happen, but what if kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy it's just like that what if factor is just gone now. Where it's like, you know, I was like, I already knew, prepared myself. It's not happening 2021. It's 2022, but it's like there's a little thing in your head saying it still might happen. So, you know, you just got that hope. It's kind of like I think a lot of people are with Breath of the Wild too, where it's like, right. we're probably all assuming 2022, but there's that little bit of hope, like that little bit of hope you have 2021. And it's just like you just want to know at, the, at a certain point. It's like just just rip the bandaid off. Just tell me, and I'm happy. I'm just happy it's happening. That okay, we have to. We have, we don't have a, a window. We just know a year. Um, but it's like, are we talking first half, second half? You know, because like um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get more into some of the other stuff that was coming out of that. So I listened to the whole. Uh, I actually listened to the interview with Herman Holst. Um, mm-hmm. Herman Holst, I think is his name. Uh, he's the head of PlayStation. Um, uh, but uh, also the whole like interview he did talking about everything. And, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's I'm, I'm fine with. I mean, obviously I'm fine with it. You know, I, and they, he talked about like the big issue with for them with for COVID was like you know it's already a difficulty like working from home and just dealing with COVID and everything in between. But it's like the big issue was like we yeah, we can we can set up recording studios and all of these all our voice actors homes or wherever they go, but we can't do motion capture. And that's the biggest thing for a game, especially like that, where it's yes. so, it's a, you know, it's so um, story focused uh, on everything they do. And like, that's a big thing with like PlayStation games and a lot of games, but especially like PlayStation first party. You look at like you watch some of those documentaries like about Uncharted, like the Naughty yep. Dog games or um, Horizon or um, God of War. It's so big on motion capture um, that like they said, like either we put it at the end and the quality is not going to be as good or we just push it and we give everybody the amount of time without killing our staff. And it's like, they said all the right things. Um, and it's like I said, I'm, I'm totally, I mean, I was already expecting it um, for 2022. I'm just happy that's we got it. We got the news at least. Okay, cool. All right. I don't need to expect it anymore. Or I don't have that. Like what if a back of my head, the, the PS4 cr- uh, cross thing. I, like I said, we get it. There's 115 plus million, probably 120 at this point, PS4s. Um, and there's, probably 10 million ps5s a year from now maybe 2025 ps5s they can get the if we can get semiconductors um out there again for all these devices to be made um i don't know it's just so weird though when you hear about like uh you know when the new like we always talk about like oh it makes you know we get that like oh they games stick stick around for a long time in the old consoles but it's when you hear about like um miles morales where it's like that game is selling extremely it's always in it's always in the mpds every month uh, since it's been out, usually in the top, it's always in the top ten. But the, like, no, no one said the percentage exactly. But it's almost not. It's mostly PS5. It's kind of the evergreen thing where we always talk about Nintendo. When people buy a Switch, yes. they buy they buy fucking a Mario Kart. It's like when you buy this console, you buy this game. Miles Morales is kind of that thing for PS5, where it's like or like Breath of the Wild. When they when you buy a Switch, you got Breath of the Wild when that first came out. It's like yeah, it was on Wii U, but. Nobody really bought it. It didn't really. I mean, obviously the Wii U 
install base was much smaller, but not a lot of people bought it on the Wii U. It mostly sold kind of the same thing with Twilight Princess. Not a lot of people bought it on the GameCube. Most, it no. most, almost all the sales came from Wii. Yep. And that's just, I, you know, where we're at, where it's like once a new thing comes out for most people, if they can't get their ha- the hands on a PS5, even though, okay, oh, cool, I can buy, I can play Miles Morales PS4, but it's like, I'm just going to wait till you know, most people, they're going to wait for PS5. And that's, I think, what's at, where it's like, I, I, like I said, I get it, but it's, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to be like that. Like, it's easy for me to say because I have a PS5, you know, but it's, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like at a certain point, when are we gonna? I mean, these these are nine at uh, twenty twenty two. These will be nine year old consoles, mm-hmm. and they were the PS. Like, when the big complaint about PS four and Xbox ones when they came out is that they were already two years behind when they came out in twenty thirteen. Oh man! So, so you know, crazy it's like that perspective, man. Almost yeah. nine years. Yeah, you said so. You talking about this thing came out in two thousand thirteen, but it was running yep. on two thousand eleven technology. Yep. And it's like so basically, what you're talking ten over ten years old technology at this point. So it's like <laughs> what. And, I played Final Fantasy VII on a, pro, a fucking PS4 Pro, mm. and I've told the story about my fucking my PS4 Pro was running so fucking loud that it woke my my now ex, but my then girlfriend who was sleeping in the other in the back room. It was running so <laughs> loud it woke her up from a dead sleep. I had my headset on, blasted, I couldn't hear it, but it it literally sounded like an airplane was landing in my fucking living room. That's how loud it was. So I don't even want to fucking imagine. <laughs> where these games that are going to be, be playable on, we're talking Horizon, Gran Turismo, and God of War, being playable on next gen, on mostly for PS5 consoles. We're going to downgrade these fucking things to a two th- to a 10-year-old console? No. I don't even want to fucking know how these things are going to run. I know. It's going to be fairly interesting. But the two things I'm thinking about is like, one, if they're going to do the motion capture, who do they got to replace Shad Gaspard? I mean... Shad was the guy that uh, was mocapped and stuff like that for the original God of War. For yeah, well, no, the the original uh, God of War three. Oh, uh, the, really? Not not uh, not the God of War twenty eighteen. He was oh. um, God. What was that? It's the fucking oh Jesus! I I, I could see the title Stargate. He was okay. in Stargate. He's um, I watched a documentary on him. He he always did Indeed. That was his big thing. Oh. Uh, but yeah, he yeah he he. He's a he's a big dude. <laughs> I wouldn't want to fuck with him, uh, but yeah, no. So Shag, I think Shag Gaspar did God of War three, but he did not do twenty eighteen. Okay, that's good to know. I definitely mixed a couple of things because I was in the impression that he did the mocap thing for God of War twenty eighteen. Mm. But uh, the second thing I want to mention when I see God of War Ragnarok and stuff, and I could see them delaying it. You know, they've delayed it until 2022. What that kind of says to me and stuff is, like, this could potentially be a game that's going to release in the later half of 2022. It's definitely of the quality where they want to make sure everything's on par. The articles that which you've read and, like, watched in regards to making sure they got a whole bunch of the actors all together, make sure they get the mocap thing just right because they haven't been able to because of the whole COVID stuff. Yeah, I could see a late 22, 2022 release in regards for God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. If, honestly, if I had to make a guess in which in which month, it's probably going to be like a, maybe a September or October release. But Yeah, well, I mean, PlayStation, so they tried so hard to avoid holiday at this point. I mean, yeah. last year was an anomaly just well, because they had a new console, so they wanted to launch a big games. But you you see, like, outside of, I mean, since I think Little Big Planet came out in, like, Little Big Planet Three came out in like October, 
yep. of our November of like 2014. Other than that, they have not released a game in that. In, I'll say Spider-Man is the only first party PlayStation game that has come out September or later in a year uh, since 2014. That's that came out. That came true. out the Friday after Labor Day. So it was like early, so early September. And ever since then, they they they. I mean, we see them. They put Ghost of Tsushima out in fucking July. It's like they don't. They they know where they put a game out. It'll sell. We we now know that. It's like it's not like it was, you know, two generations ago where it either had to come out in the first quarter of the year or had to come out in the last quarter of the year. There was. I mean, if you came out in between there, that you know, it was an indie game or that game didn't was it was a it, it didn't matter. So. But anyway, speaking of games that are delayed. This is the second one this past week that we learned about, and that was Gran Turismo 7. Gran Turismo 7 has also been pushed into 2022 and is also cross-gen. Kind of the same response in regards to God of War Ragnarok. I understand why they delayed it. I mean, Gran Turismo, in general, that franchise always always takes so much time to not only make the games make the cars make the models and everything look fantastic but at the same time there's all sorts of various content that's pushed inside of this simulation racer in that regards Mm. so getting gran turismo right especially the seventh iteration and doing whatever you can and stuff like that that's very much important that's a marquee like a game inside of sony's history so getting gran turismo right and kind of avoiding things that they had been from past iterations and stuff yes i understand giving it a little more time in the oven yeah that's definitely understandable i'm just kind of wondering when that thing will actually release then i mean jeez, yeah. man definitely yeah. would love another car game that's fun on the ps5 you know yeah but I mean, it's like it's not a Grand Turismo game unless it gets delayed at least, at least five times. Very true. Um, I mean, that's just been the mo of Grand Turismo games is delayed. Like we, we there's more articles about Grand, Grand Turismo being delayed than there are reviews for Grand Turismo games. Yes. Um, <laughs> so this is already the second delay for it. It was supposed it's supposed to be a first half of 2021 game. Yes. Then it got delayed to second half, and now it's 2022. Which whatever, it's fine. I mean, we're not complaining. It's just it's just funny. Just like. How like remember like the Grand Turismo on PS3 got delayed years multiple times got delayed it, it, oh, like it went God, from being like yes. it's like a 2008 game to like it, I think it came out like 2011 <laughs> like, it came it out in delayed. 2011 it was literally yeah. a couple of years before the PS4 yeah. came out and yeah, I it know was, it was that thing had its own troubles they but, ended up putting yeah. out I remember they put out like the the pre like the prequel type game there was like prelude. just as a make the prelude yeah like we got it like. All right, guys. It's basically like it, here's a here's a, a full price demo, essentially. It was and then a full the full price game. Demo. That's right. Then the, then the game will eventually come out. Like, and it's like we. What, I think we had one Gran Turismo game on PS4. Did we even have a, GT, a Gran Turismo? Yes, game we on did PS4? have a Gran Turismo okay. on PS4, and that was Gran Turismo Sport. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So we had one, but it's like I don't know. You look at the history of PlayStation with driving games. It's not great you know, anymore. The I mean, with Gran Turismo, yeah, you say it's a marquee title, but it's like. The, the the like I said, the last decade or more of Grand Turismo game is being delayed more so than the games they put out, because um, you like what I think PS one and PS two there was five on on those two consoles alone. Obviously, games were a lot easier to make back then. But it's like let's see, Grand Turismo in retrospect, two Grand Turismo games I believe on PS one, one. two on PS2, which was like 3 and 4, and then I think it was 5 oh, on it was, PS3, and then it was five on PS3? 6 okay. as well, I think it was on PS3. 
Well, so no, because uh, then Sport was yes. so Sport's and not numbered. Sport okay. is not numbered, okay, so, but it was on PS4. So there was like one or two a generation, yeah. essentially. So, but we had one last generation. So yeah, so yes. we're talking about we've had one last decade. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, this the thing this boggles me more and more than anything about like driving games are always the showpiece of new consoles. Exactly. Like, th- there's always that thing with with when new consoles come out. I mean, this year's a little obviously last generation. This generation starting up was a little different because there's always the family game. There's the big hardcore game, and then there's the fucking driving game that really showed off. Um, Case in point, Xbox Series X, and they had dirt and stuff mm-hmm. advertising in regards yeah. to the whole showcase. Or usually they have a Forza, or like um, you look at like PS4 supposed to have Drive Club, and that's a whole another. I mean, that's where I like places like driving games on PlayStation have not had a good run the last decade you could drive no. club how bad that turned out to be uh and then you look at you know i mean just like creatures like i said and it's just that's what pulls but this one being cross console where it's like this is the thing that's supposed to show up how pretty and powerful these things are this and this is more i i still would bet money if if i if i had like ten dollar if like someone gave me ten bucks or said hey you have to bet ten dollars real money this is coming out 2022 or 2023 i would bet 2023 that's how little I trust anything that happens to Grand Trismo. Very true. Uh, release dates. Uh, so, I mean, we're talking, this is going to be cross-generation. And this is, I mean, this is easily a year plus away. 12 to 18 months away. That kind of makes me think that potentially the PS4 version of it is probably going to be canceled outright. I hope so. I, mean, I do not believe one moment, if it's set up to like 2023, that they're going to have a PS4 version of Gran Turismo 7. I mean, that, at that point, the console would already be free, pretty much dead in that regards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's that's kind of the same way I feel about all the Like, I'm not, like, I understand you want someone to support them. I understand third-party supporting because it's not the third-party's job to sell the new consoles. Yes. And I, I wonder if it'd be, di- I mean, who knows? Maybe they're, like, they're talking about how, like, the semiconductor thing could be an issue uh, all of next year. So maybe that's why they're looking at it prolonging this whole idea of putting these games on both consoles um yeah i don't know maybe maybe if like things change and we're able to get more of these things out here because i mean like this the, the ps5 is as hard as it get it is out selling is outpacing what the ps4 has done right so it's not like it's that it's not like they're not making any it's just the demand is so much higher than where the ps4 and the xbox one was right now that that's like they're making them faster than they were last time but just it's just so much, like everybody. There's more people that want them. This you know in 2021 than compared to 2023 or 2013. All right. So moving on. This is our last topic for this episode, and this this is definitely an interesting way to end this one. And this involves Horizon Forbidden West. So the game is, according to developers, on track to release in 2021. We most recently had a. A state of play which predominantly focused upon the gameplay aspect and it looks like it's definitely coming along fairly well tyler and i i know we both were fairly impressed about what we did see in regards to the whole gameplay mm-hmm. experience in terms of the whole fidelity the cinematics in this regards and stuff personally i'm kind of a little bit worried in this because they did not give a concrete like date then but at the same time they're still saying it's on, tack, on track for 2021. There's no real guarantees it will release in 2021. I get the feeling this game is going to be delayed a little bit further in order to push like a solid beginning of 2022. And the yeah. reason why I kind of feel that is like, it looks like from a lot of this gameplay that we did see, it was a good like scope of concept, but at the same point, I kind of feel like that there were definitely going to be some 
more, maybe some more changes going along the way to try to, like, that's just better emphasize stuff. I mean, I can't really support what I initially am thinking at this moment, but it's like, I just have the feeling where it may be pushed into 2022, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I, the, the, obviously the fan of me of Loving Horizon 1 wants it so, sooner rather than later. I mean, that's yeah. we're all, like, that's how we all, about like, but obviously, like you got, you know, like, like Herman Roll said, it's like we don't want to kill our kill our staff, and we want this game to come out as good as possible. So obviously, I'd rather wait two, three, four, more, whatever month. However, however long I gotta wait, it's fine. Um, I look at it from this. I look. I'm thinking. I'm already thinking game of the year 2022. Mm-hmm. If we got fucking Breath of the Wild, God of War, and fucking Horizon <laughs> two, I just here's my thing. For Horizon's sake, I hope if Breath of the Wild gets announced for this year, push it. Just fucking push it. <laughs> just do not don't let Nintendo do this to you again. Just push it. And if 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 they say Breath of the Wild two is is twenty twenty two, all everybody stop Naughty Dog. Stop what you're doing. Fucking uh, Santa Monica Studio. Stop what you're doing. Fucking Firewalk Studio. Stop what you're doing. Haven Studio. I know you're, you literally don't have a logo yet. Stop what you're doing. We need everybody on board. We need to get the son of a bitch out now. As soon as we need it next week. We need it out as soon as possible. We can't let Nintendo fuck us again. Oh, and you know that game sells extremely well. Like, like we, the story everybody always talks about. That game came out, was doing really good for for three days, and then boom, here comes the fucking Switch of Breath of the Wild and killed it. Uh, not for me, obviously. I think it's yeah. Breath of the Wild better. was probably the reason why I did not invest a lot of time in Horizon. Yeah, Zero well, that's the case for a lot of people. A lot of people. There's a lot of people that played it a year later or two years later. Like, oh, this game's fucking fantastic. I'm like, I fucking know. It was my game of the goddamn year for the best game of this fucking year ever. It was I know. The best game. I'm, I'm in that part too, where I bought the game and I did not play through it. I played some bit of it, but I got sucked back into Breath of the Wild because yeah. See, it's it. funny. I was I was the opposite. I played like. I remember I took the Monday after. I remember the Switch came out on March third. It was a Friday. Yes. And I think it was like the Horizon came out the Tuesday before that. And I remember I took I, I took the I scheduled the Monday off after because I was like working a sh- like seventy five hours a week. I told oh, about yeah. I, see a day, I see a day off soon, and I was like I'm like I'm just gonna take this Monday off. I even I was straight up honest. I'm like the new Nintendo console comes out. I didn't play. I barely get to play games. I just want to sit at home and just play some fucking games. I don't want to. You know, like. I'll work Saturday, but just give me a Sunday, Monday off. That's all I need. I got off. And my plan was, I'm going to play Breath of the Wild. I played like two hours Breath of the Wild. I put it back down. Brand new Switch console. Brand new Breath of the Wild. I played like, I remember I spent that entire fucking weekend. I was I'm, I'm the, I was one guy that did the opposite. I played a couple hours of Breath of the Wild. Went back to Horizon. When wow. everybody else played a couple hours of Horizon, Breath of the Wild came out. Never played it again. I was the, all, I'm the only person that was in the world that probably did the opposite where... I played Breath of the Wild. I'm like, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go play this game over here instead, and I just don't want that to happen again. It's just, <laughs> just and also, like I said, I don't want game. Like, I this is what I said last year when we were talking about after the PlayStation event where they announced the uh, where they announced Horizon and God of War and said 2021 for those. I was like, I hope one gets delayed because I don't want to pick between the two. I don't want to like when Game of the Year comes because they're going to be high on my list unless they fuck up totally. They're gonna be high. They're gonna be one and one A on my list, and I don't. Daddy doesn't want to pick a favorite kid. I don't want to be like. I don't want to be like the end of that one movie with Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin. I can't oh, remember no. the name of the movie where like the mom's holding both and they're on the on the edge of the cliff, but like Macaulay Culkin's like a shitty kid, and she's got to decide. She can't keep both. She's got like one go. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that mom hanging over 
having Horizon and God of War hanging over the side, and I got to fucking let one go and, and pick the other one. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't have it in me. And I'm, I'm not. Oh the, I'm, I'm a weak man, Gables. I'm a weak man. You know what? I would not be surprised if the reason why they go through and they're delaying it or may delay it is they're probably trying to wait and see what Nintendo does with Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, right? I highly, actually, the game's probably done. It, it just... makes a hell of a lot of sense because, <laughs> the... <laughs> like what you stated, I could just see them just sitting in their chairs or something at their offices and stuff like that, just watching the Nintendo conference like, okay, Breath of the Wild 2, when, are they going to release? Okay, they're not. Okay, no, they're showing it right now. When's it going to be released? Okay, 2022. Let's literally go. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Let's go. Like, go right. Let's release this in this year. <laughs> ten minutes later, September. Boom. Done. It's like they have like they have like three tweets typed out, ready to go. It's like, all right, delayed to 2022. Come in September. Like that's it. That like, oh okay. Oh Breath of the Wild's coming out in September. Fuck it. Push it to 2022. We're we're just gonna we're wiping our hands of it. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. The, Zelda is a juggernaut, and I don't you know like it will get buried. Oh it, it come out. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I think it would be even hilarious is if even if Nintendo goes through and does that and stuff, and they end up having to delay it anyway to twenty twenty two the same don't, year. Don't don't so. do this. That, that Gables, would be Gables I if I have to put that if I have to put Breath of the Wild two seven spots below Horizon again in twenty twenty two, I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. And I'll be just. And then Horizon will just be under God of War Ragnarok. I st- I still remember the face Justin made at me when I when I put. Breath of the Wild, seventh on my list. I remember that. That was <laughs> such a funny moment. What was funny, I remember oh. about that one was like, I asked you guys, well, we, like, before going in, I'm like, what do you guys think our game of the year is? And we all guessed what we thought everybody's game of the year was. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, yours yours was Odyssey. Justin was uh, Breath of the Wild. And I remember you both picked Breath of the Wild. And I'm just looking at you guys. I'm like, number seven, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> The, the look, of, like the side look that Justin gave me, is like, motherfucker, what? really, <laughs> really, yeah. So, all right, I'll do, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been an episode. Well, well, before we get out, do we want to talk about our? I'm sorry to cut you off. Do you want to do our E3 plans real fast to let uh, everybody know what our plans are? Yes, not a problem. I thought we could do it like maybe the start of the next show, but I well, I think we do. We I think we do it there too as a reminder because. The, the next show is going to be is going to come out a couple days later. So. All right. Fair point. So for the next episode, we're going to give you a little bit of a preview right here. We're going to be doing our E3 prediction show. So basically how we have it set up, there are five conferences that we're keeping track of. So we have Ubisoft. We have Microsoft. We have Bethesda. Square Enix and Nintendo. So what we are doing is having a little bit of a guessing game. Our mm-hmm. predictions, each of us get three predictions per conference one is what i'm going to be dubbing it the double d point and that i like that i like that that one is worth two points so for the double d point this is exactly what ends up happening if we get it right we get an additional point but if we get it wrong that's one point subtracted so we could end up with scenarios say that maybe we are in a difference of about a point or maybe someone maybe up by about three or four points. I mean, yeah. I mean, hell, sky's the limit, man. It's like E3's next week. We could potentially have leaks even after the show gets up on the like up for you listeners to go through and like giving us a listen to. You know, it's it's a wild card sort of week. It's E3 season. It's so much fun in order to get this through. 
just making sure I didn't miss anything in that regard. So, yeah. Well, um, yeah, so we have that going on and then, uh, you know, we're, um, just run through our, uh, our plans for E3. I figured as well, just to let people know. All right. So for our plans of E3, basically we're going through, like I just stated previously, we're watching through those five conferences, but the whole meat and potatoes of it, the loser of these predictions has to play through Night Trap. Yes. And stream Night it. Trap. And they have to stream it. That's correct. They have to stream it all the way through. So this game is not particularly long. Sure, you could go through and look up guides or whatsoever to go through and get that experience as well. Mm-mm. But <laughs> but the point being is, we thought it'd be kind of fun to go through and have a little bit of a thing. It's like, okay, if we lose, who's going to be playing a terrible game? And so Night Trap was already decided. We, all of us know that i know tyler you have personally bought it when it was on sale i haven't seven dollars yeah that's how confident i am i haven't bought it yet <laughs> no, uh, well the sale's over if you if you because it's 15 dollars again so. well you know what if i have to take the l i'll have to take the l if i'm not yeah. if i'm not the winner of this i mean hell i did it with pitter pot oh i was thinking about this afterwards i'm like man maybe we should have picked Ballon Wonderworld. <laughs> that oh been... no oh no no dude <laughs> it's on sale for 35 dollars on ps5 right now God, I'd rather be passing the kidney stone than play that game right now. Oh, don't anyway. say that. No, I don't think that's true. I don't think, no, I'd rather play Bound Wonderworld. <laughs> oh, yeah, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that in and of itself is our E3 things that we're going to be doing in the next episode. I love to thank a lot of you guys for going to be listening to us, but before we go, let me go ahead and tell you people what platforms and what things that we are on. So, in that regards, for Twitter, I know it's like Drunk Podcast. No, wait a second. Drunk Nerds Podcast. Drunk Nerds Podcast. Yeah, I'm still looking at the Google Doc. Sometimes that's a tendency of just scrolling through so quickly I don't even get that crap. Come on. You know, I just had it just a moment ago. Just Okay, here we go. So, from the top, on Twitter, it's Drunk Nerds Pod. On Facebook, Drunk Dash Nerds, Twitch, Drunk Nerds Podcast. On YouTube, it is Drunk Dash Nerds. And on Spotify, Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. For those of you that were watching on Twitch, thank you. For those of you that will be listening to us eventually, satisfying the needs of your game fix, we thank you. And most importantly of all that, I have been your host for this week. Colonel Gables. And I've been Tyler. (laughs) So, until next time, everyone, I hope you have yourself a fun time. I hope you play yourself a lot of fun games. And most importantly, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hey, hey, Gables. Yes. Too too sweet, brother. Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya.